DGI Multiverse. I am DGI Mark, and Charlie is joining us remote. Uh, we are excited to get back to work after a nice holiday break. Um, we apologize to all our listeners who have been anticipating our Around the Multiverse episode, or issue, I should say. Um, but we will make sure to get back to that this week. Uh, a lot to discuss there, but for today, we're going to get inside the squared circle and dive inside the ropes for some wrestling discussion. Lots going on in the last two weeks and uh, we're going to try and cover it. And we have a little discussion topic at the end that we're going to dive into um, that I think we have some probably interesting points of view of, of how WWE is handling things and really professional wrestling as a whole is handling things. Yeah, um, got some thoughts. That's for sure. Yeah. So, um, Obviously, we'll dive into uh, let's dive into Raw and SmackDown first. Um, we'll you know we'll go Big Two, then we'll go NXT, AEW, um, and then we'll move on to our discussion. So um, Raw and SmackDown. Uh, obviously, we had to build the Survivor Series, um, and I think I highlighted in issue twenty four um, that I was excited because I like the prospect of Drew McIntyre beating Randy Orton, getting the belt back and wrestling Roman Reigns. Cause I felt like that's probably the first feud WWE has had all year where it's two company name guys, guys that we know are WWE guys for the most part. Obviously Drew went off and did his thing after he got fired, but these are two guys that are tremendously successful in WWE and it had a big match feel like we haven't had that in a long time from a main roster perspective where there's like two guys who like the baby face character and the heel character just happened to meet at the right time. Um, so I was excited about the, the, the prospect of drew getting the belt back right before survivor series. I know a lot of people were kind of off on that because they, they wanted Randy to have a lengthier title reign, but I think Randy is moving more towards that feud with the fiend, which obviously they're setting up, um, on tonight's uh, episode of Raw with the Firefly or the Moment of Bliss with Alexa Bliss and him. So, um, well, I mean, it's the 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 Fiend Orton feud. It makes sense, uh, you know, the, in a very rare uh, situation where WWE remembers stuff that's happened, you know, more than two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, you know, we have a continuation in the Randy Orton, uh, Bray Wyatt feud and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm for it. You know, I'm still not sold on, on the fiend being a face, but, uh, you know, is what it is. I, I'm, uh, we'll run with it. We hope, and we should get some, uh, some decent matches or at least a decent match out of it. But you know, for me, I don't even know if I feel like the, the fiend is the face in this feud. Just because, you know, he obviously he's facing a Randy Orton off of a heel title run. And obviously we all agree that heel Randy's better than face Randy. But at the same time, we're running into this situation where, you know, the Fiend has to be a bad guy. And, you know, I've been reading a ton of articles on things lately and, you know, obviously watching the show. And I agree with a lot of constructive criticism of this new fiend Alexa Bliss relationship. Alexa Bliss is outshining Bray Wyatt in her role. Like, <laughs> like she, she's doing a much better job of portraying 
this Alice in Wonderland slash like just mad hat. Like for me, that's what she reminds. Like people keep keep like referring to her like Harley Quinn. Like, and I'm like, I get that that's probably what she's actually going for, but I get more of like a Mad Hatter vibe. Like she's losing her mind slowly and she's falling into the abyss as she's staring into it. But my thing is, is like I said, with the Randy Bray or Randy Fiend feud, Randy can't be a straight heel. Like heel tactics aren't going to work with Bray Wyatt in the Fiend. So he's going to have, you know, he unfortunately is going to have to play the victorious babyface at some point if Randy's going to win the feud. I hope Randy doesn't win. He already won it the first time when he wrestled Bray Wyatt. So yeah. we, we don't need another Randy Orton getting over Bray Wyatt feud. We need Bray Wyatt getting over Randy Orton for us to continue to buy into the Fiend character. Yeah, and, and that's the thing with, with the character of the Fiend. Like They booked him so strong only to let him lose when it mattered and uh it, it just i don't know like his stock fell yeah and they kept then they tried to build him back up and it's like okay where are we going with this and now you know now all of a sudden it's like what where where are we going with this like yeah. what what is the end game for the fiend character you know like well, i think I think he, he he could have been he could have been a contender for Drew's championship. I guess he technically still could, but if you're if if you know rumor and speculation are to be believed, he's supposed to be a, a you know a, a face now. Even though I know you said you're not buying it, yeah. But so uh, my, that- my my biggest issue I have with everything as far as WWE, not necessarily even their with the Fiend character. They felt that they had to put a championship belt on him quickly to get him over. Where organically getting guys over based off of promo skills, in-ring ability, character development, things like that, are all things that, you know, the, the, the regular viewer doesn't care. When they, when they turn on USA Network and they see a championship, they're like, oh, well, that's the best guy in the company. I want to watch him. But like to the to the to the fan that turns it tunes in every week, like me, you, and so many people who listen to this podcast, we understand that like you don't build a star just by putting a ch- the championship doesn't make a star the star makes a championship, and at the end of the day, like we saw that with Kenny Omega in, in New Japan, Kenny wasn't IWGP Heavyweight Champion for for a long time. But he wrestled like eight matches with Okada that went almost 60 minute draw. And not every match has to be that. But that ended up being his match psychology with Okada. And it led to classic after classic after classic to the point that Kenny Omega was being more highly regarded than the champion was in those matches. And that built Kenny Omega to the superstar status that he is. And nobody can deny, like when you talk AEW, if you, if there's not a name, you don't know in there, you know who Kenny Omega is. And the same could be said for the fiend. He could have wrestled, you know, a handful of matches, maybe showed a little bit more motor than he was able to show with Bray Wyatt as his character. And it could have built that character up, but instead they went from like gimmick match to gimmick match to title reign to quick drop to rebuild to title reign to quick drop. And you're like, 
like you said, his momentum goes up. He's like he he's worse than a fucking roller coaster. It's like you know he goes up to the peak and then he drops straight to the fucking bottom as fast as possible. And we love the character. I think collectively as an audience, I don't think there's many people who are like all oh, these characters stupid. No, most people are like, you know, this is a pretty pretty good character for the company. Like it, it has legs, it has merchandising, it has everything that the company wants in a character, but they're fucking they're just not using it right. Yeah. Um Yeah. And 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 maybe we can talk about it, you know, when we do our Yeah. Oh no, yeah. Tr- yeah, I, yeah, cuz that that's our our discussion topic at the end is a lack of of true stars. Um so the tag team title so we'll go down the line. Tag team title scene um it's so it's 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 muddy water to me. And I almost I almost think that they need to combine the belts. And allow the champions to dual show. Like obviously it puts more plate puts more on the plate of the champion and the t- the tag teams. And obviously we know at some point they're gonna be on Raw more than they are on SmackDown or on SmackDown more than they are on Raw. But I would prefer to see that than what we're seeing now. Like they don't have tag teams on the main roster at the moment. Like, yeah. like we got Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode tagging again. Like, no offense. Like, I love both guys. They're obviously tremendously gifted in the ring. Clearly, they like each other because they keep getting put back together. They don't mind working together. But, like, I don't need to see two guys who walk out to individual music wrestling for the tag team championships. That's what bo- that, that, that's something that bothers me. And I think, like, the Street Profits are tremendously talented. Like, they're, they're a tag team that in the ring... I love to watch them. I'm not so sold on their whole gimmick thing. It's not something that I'm interested in, but I know there's a ton of people out there that are, but they're not getting the love and attention that they deserve because the tag team division is so, so weak. And the same thing can yeah. be said for the new day on the other side. I, 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 so back, back in the day when street profits first came into NXT, I was like you. I wasn't really sold on them. Uh, going to uh, take over Brooklyn, seeing them in person, uh, and then you know, continue to watch them get built. Um, they've definitely grown on me as as one of my my favorite ta- teams in WWE. But I, I I don't know if it's. I'll say part of it is because they are entertaining. They are you know they they can put on good matches. Yeah. Um. But the other part of it is there aren't many tag teams to really get behind. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here racking my brain and like, you know, who, who do we have that's worth going? Yeah, no, those guys should be tag team champs other than, you know, the, uh, the war or uh, Viking Raiders. Yeah. And, and even that they, they kind of turn them into a, a comedy act and it's just like, you know, who, well, who, who else is left? And, but yeah, yeah, you have New Day. Uh, but even even though New Day is multiple time tag champs, like I never look at them as a tag team. I look at them as a faction, and uh, it's just I know they're a tag team. But but the thing is, is I think with you know, like obviously Retribution's on Raw, Hurt Business is on Raw. There there there's some more. There are some more tag team options on Raw, but like if you name if you can name me one tag team on SmackDown that's not the Street Profits that comes out as a tag team. Like, that, that's their gimmick, is their tag team. I'd be surprised. And I'm there's listeners, I understand you'll be able to name one. And obviously me me and Charlie aren't 
I mean, we, we're we're diehard wrestling fans, but I wouldn't say that we're diehard SmackDown or Raw. Like, we watch the shows, but obviously, like, I'm not paying attention to the roster movements and things like that. I couldn't name another one other than the Street Profits right now. I really couldn't. Yeah. Uh... It, it, but at the same time, like I said, it's it, when we get into the discussion in a little bit. I think there there's a there is a a vacuum right now in in at least in WWE where there's just a lack of true stars. And I mean, this is going to be kind of the trend, I think, for all our results here that, you know, you'll see like us talking about, like, who, who are these guys fighting? You know what I mean? Like, who, who's, who's the up and comers? Who's the guy that should be, you know, you know, vying for the belt? Um, so that kind of wraps. I did enjoy the tag team match at Survivor Series. Let me get, just get to that. I thought other than Drew, Drew, um, Roman, which I thought, I thought 100% delivered, I think the the tag team match was probably the second best match on the card for me personally. Um, it was just entertaining. I was interested in it. I thought they were they were two very they're two very talented teams. They clearly actually had some chemistry, even though they had really never met before. Um, Survivor Series in the ring. Yeah, uh, they, it was uh, it was definitely a good you know good match, and it's it's one of those things too where with with. Survivor Series, like I liked the days where you know it was a continue, like it was a pay per view built to continue storylines, not Raw versus SmackDown. Um, but for what it was, like because now you have face versus face or heel versus heel, and it's it's hard to get into those matches as as a wrestling fan. Like you know, um, you know, a lot of people will make like the it it doesn't matter as long as it's a good match which is true to an extent, but you know, the whole, the whole storytelling aspect is like any story that, that you, you watch, be it a, you know, uh, a drama or, you know, a superhero movie or whatever, it's good versus evil. And when it's it's good versus good, it's, it's hard to go, Oh, who do I want to win? I mean, as a smart fan, you know, people will go, well, I know, I, I know, you know, that these guys need to go over because, it built, it gives them momentum or, um, whatever. And, and that's how I felt with the, with the SmackDown, uh, and raw tag match. It was the right team went over. Right. Yeah. I think I felt the street profits needed to win more than the new day. New day is established. They're the veterans. Um, so it was good for the younger guys to come out on top. It was a good match. It was entertaining, I, but my biggest, like I said, my biggest problem with the survivor series format recently really isn't really Survivor Series problem. It's Night of Champions problem. Because we get Night of Champions two pay-per-views prior to Survivor Series. Night of Champions should be the night that the champions face one another. Especially considering you have two shows now that have two sets of belts. That makes logical sense to me. And like you said, like feuds basically would reset after night of champions go into hell in a cell hell in a cell feuds would continue through survivor series and then survivor series feuds would either wrap up maybe a feud or two just to clean it up before the rumble or they run they run it through to the rumble or whatever whatever what's next tlc 
TLC. Yeah, and then and then maybe and you maybe yeah. So so you know, Survivor Series run stories run into TLC, which makes TLC more interesting because now you're going to have the culmination to a lot of major feuds that need to be wrapped up with a bow before you head into the Rumble and start your road to WrestleMania. That's my only problem with Survivor Series at the moment. Like, I don't mind the idea of show versus show, but it's not the right show to do it on. Yeah, I mean, is as lame as, like, the bragging rights name for a pay-per-view was, like, that's a show that, okay, fine, do do it then. I, I don't care. It, it doesn't matter to me, like, which like- show you think is, is superior. Like, because with with WWE having three shows and excluding one, even though they included it last year, yeah, uh, you know, with NXT, it's like, okay, well, yeah. So raw is superior and, and SmackDown superior. No, because the, I, I'm sure the people at Fox are going, no, SmackDown's the superior show. And the people at USA are yeah. going, Raw is the superior show. Like to the fan, I don't care which show you think is better. Like, just, um, yeah, just, Make it make it good. That's that's yeah. all we're looking. For. How about you make them both the A show? Treat them both as if if they if they matter. Um, so we'll go down to the secondary titles, the IC title and US title. Um, I didn't care for the match. I don't. Some people the whiny, you know, slimy heel gimmick works for for me. Like I, I I'm not. Uh, Sami Zayn is falling into the Baron Corbin. Like, I don't like you because I genuinely don't like you. And, like, it's not heel heat. It's go away heat. And, like, I just don't... Nothing against the man in the ring. I think Sami Zayn's a tremendous competitor. But you don't see that with this character, which I think is kind of what is putting me off to him, is that, like, I just don't like the idea that a guy who's so gifted in the ring is choosing... Or they're choosing to make him you know, put Apollo Cruz's leg in the ring apron and get a count out win or run to the back so Daniel Bryan can get attacked, but then doesn't get a DQ loss because he runs into the ring and gets the count out victory. And you're like, I get what you're trying to do because they did it with Seth and it worked for Seth. Seth was a much better, he was a much better like slimy heel. Yeah, cowardly heel, yeah. Yeah, than he was what he is currently, which I, I think is more of like a a dominant heel, so to speak, where he's being this whole Messiah role. Um, but my thing is like, I'm not, I'm not sold on Sami Zayn, but I'm turning a, a page on Bobby Lashley. I think Bobby Lashley's way more, but I went whenever this one, a couple issues back for inside the ropes, I think it's the MVP effect. MVP is making the three guys standing around him look better somehow. And he's not even wrestling. You know, it's yeah. it's just it's charisma, it's character, the 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 hurt business like persona is just something that it's it's fresh for for those guys, so it looks great. I think the hurt if if there's going to be somebody that's going to take the tag titles from the new day and probably start a a pretty long feud, it's going to be a while. It's not going to be something that that ends over one pay per view. Um, it's the it's the hurt business. I I'm I'm all in on hurt business. I really am. Yeah, I think they're great. It, I mean, it's, it speaks volumes to, you know, what a good manager can do for a character. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, we've, we've had Paul Heyman serve as a manager for, for Brock Lesnar and it works great. Right. Um, you have, now you have MVP kind of, MVP still wrestles, but he's a good spokesperson for the group, right? He can speak on everyone's behalf. 
Um, whereas, you know, Shelton Benjamin's not going to cut a promo and you're, you're going to listen. No. And, and this is not a knock on Shelton Benjamin guy can go, but you know, he's not going to cut a promo. That's like, Oh man, that was, that was good. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he'll he, say what he needs to say. He'll get the point across. Yeah. He's but, been cutting promos though lately and they're better. And it's, it's same thing with Bobby Lashley. When Bobby Lashley talks, it, it's just, it's more interesting. And I think it's the, it's the surface level packaging that matters for a character to become interesting. But then I think it's a comfort comfortability in the role that he's playing. Like Bobby Lashley had four months where he was playing the husband of some chick that we clearly yeah. know is not his wife. Cause she's not, she's married to the guy he's fighting. And like, he just didn't seem comfortable in the role, but now he seems like he found a niche or a character that he's super comfortable with. And it's provided a breath of fresh air for him, his career. And like, obviously he's only the United States champion right now, but who's to say in four months or in three months, he doesn't win the Royal rumble and challenge drew for the world title. Well, so, you know, the best characters, are the people whose personalities have just been cranked up, you know, to yeah. 11. And you, you, you kind of get that feel with, with a group like the hurt business, right? Where yeah. it's like, these guys, they, they know that they're talented. They know that they're good. They just have needed a uh, opportunity to establish themselves. So they have, they, they've been given, they've been given this, this opportunity and they've taken advantage of it. And um, yeah, I mean, you go back to, you know, when Bobby Lashley was intercontinental champion, uh, and, you know, having, um, uh, crap, I'm forgetting his name now, uh, Leo rush as a spokesperson. And then, you know, like everybody couldn't wait for him to drop that belt to Finn Balor. Um, and, and, you know, since then, you know, he was booked in crap after crap after crap. And then this hurt business angle came along. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Bobby Lashley isn't that bad. It's just he was putting a lot of crappy stories. Exactly. Um, so and, and, that, and that and that says a lot, too. Right. Because I think you and I have said before that, you know, currently right now in, in compared to today's roster to any roster, put it up against any roster uh, at any given time. And the talent that they have outshines any roster from the past. Now, that, I'll caveat that with none of them are the stars that we had then, but athletically and the, the, the ability to put on quality matches yeah. is far superior than any other time period in, in wrestling history. Yeah. Um, and, so, uh, and, and like, and, I, like I said, with, with everything going on, <clears throat> There wasn't a level of interest in that match because although Bobby Lashley is a much more interesting character, he's still a heel. He was wrestling a heel and their styles clashed. They weren't yeah. they weren't a good compatibility for styles. Now, if Bobby Lashley was a powerhouse face wrestling a weaselly Sami Zayn, I would be able to get behind that a little bit more because Bobby Lashley's but they've done, but they've done that. Like yeah. that was an angle. <laughs> so um so, uh, women's title picture, I mean, I don't, I hate to say this, Asuka, they have never, this is for all the fans out there that said that we were getting too much Becky, and I've been saying this for, I think, a couple issues now, we were getting too much Becky Lynch and too much Charlotte, 
Well, you're welcome. Because WWE apparently fucking listened to you. I mean, obviously Becky got pregnant, but we haven't seen Charlotte for months. We haven't seen Becky for months, and it shows. You want to talk all the shit you want to talk about AEW's division, women's division, how trash it is. The WWE main roster women's division at the moment is, is nowhere near better than what AEW's doing. At least AEW was like, you know what? We don't have the talent right now. We don't have the experience. Let's go out. Let's let's bring in the NWA Women's Championship belt. Let's put that on our show for a couple of weeks. And those matches have been great. So uh, it was it Surya Deeb and um, Thunder Rosa and mm-hmm. um, um, Allison K. Like these are all women with some some actual prestige that are wrestling. And yeah, no, they're not wrestling for the AEW Women's Championship, but they're not on the AEW Women's roster. They're they're, they're you know they're brought in. But those girls can go, and those matches were great. Now, don't get me wrong. We talked about full gear and how we could give two shits less if Nyla Rose ever steps in the ring again for a women's title match. But uh, uh, Sheeta is by far the best women's wrestler in AEW. They haven't showcased Big Swole or Britt Baker, in my opinion, to their fullest abilities. But the rest of the WWE roster can't. They don't hold a fucking candle. They're miserable. And I hate to say it because I, I do enjoy women's wrestling, obviously having a daughter now, but also even before my daughter was born, I I was all in on a, a, a triple threat main event at WrestleMania when we went in New York. Yeah. Like was I was fun. I was sold. Like I was like, this is the pinnacle of the women's revolution WWE's been pushing. And it was the right outcome, Becky Lynch winning. Like, but I I don't know. I didn't even I fully even being a fan of the two stars truly didn't appreciate their their presence on the roster because they make everybody else interesting. Like Bailey, yeah. Bailey's like what you know what Bailey is? It's like when you go into into the to the cabinet and you're like, "Oh shit, we got cookies." And then you grab that cookie and you bite into it and it's stale as shit cuz your kids left the packaging open. That's what Bailey is. <laughs> on the surface, you get really excited because you're like, oh, she's a heel now. She, she, she's, she's changed her music and her moveset and her look. And she still is as fucking bland as, you know, you know fucking, to- you know, two-ply toilet paper. But well, I, I think what, what, hurt, what hurt for Bailey, right, is, you know, forever and always, right, you're going to have the four horsewomen of WWE. And whenever they're on the same show, you're going to go, well, when are they going to link up, right? Because yeah. they're either going to feud or they're going to be a team. And we all kind of, we've, we've gone through it. We've, we've, we've seen it for years and years and years. And it's like, it's not, it wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of when somebody's going to turn. Now, everybody fully expects, expected Sasha to turn on Bailey. Yeah. You know, but Sasha is just much better as, as a heel. But... Bailey's still fresh as a heel, so it made sense to turn turn Sasha. But we we've seen this story, right? Even though the the role the, the you know the roles are reversed, we we've seen this story. We've 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 gone through it, and yeah, like we get the rivalry. But when you know that these people are like you know legitimate, it's just like Becky and Charlotte, right? Yeah. Knowing that legitimate friends and and everything, like it it, it kind of dampers it down a little bit but then again everybody knows knew that triple agent Shaw michaels were best of friends charlotte and versus charlotte versus becky for me will never have the same I, i'll never be able to be like well I, I can't get behind this 
wholeheartedly or like a part of me like thinks about their friendship because they both want to be the best women's wrestler in WWE. You can be friends with people and be, but yeah. still be a competitive jerk heel or competitive baby face wanting to be the best and, and have your paths cross and clash from time to time. I don't mind that. My biggest problem like I have with, with the whole thing is, is that, you know, Sasha Banks to me is a, a tier above Bailey in the ring. But she's a tier below Charlotte and Becky. I think Charlotte and Becky have proven that they both can put on A plus, you know, five, seven, ten, how many fucking stars you want to give it matches. Where I don't see that as much from Sasha unless she's in the ring with a Becky or Charlotte. But my problem is, is, you know, sh- you know, Sasha being in that next tier, I don't, there's not many women in that tier with her. So when she's a, a dominating baby face, she's constantly putting other people down, not putting people over, so to speak. Um, and when she's a when she's a snivelling heel champion, which she's been, I don't know what she is now. I guess she's a tweener. I don't know what you call her. But yeah. my thing is, is she still falls into a category above the rest, but she does nothing to put people into the category with her. Where Bailey is just Bailey, and like I think of the four horse women, she is definitely the, you know, the 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 weakest link in that chain, in my opinion. And it's no knock on her because she's still a tremendous competitor. But now I'm supposed to like you just gave me a true Sasha Bailey feud where like Sasha went over for the like for the first time, what seems like forever. She's a face. Bailey was the heel this time. But I'm just supposed to believe, like, oh yeah, Carmella is is definitely a viable contender for the belt after a nine month layoff and having literally one of the worst in in ring performances of careers I, I think we've seen. Like, she's not a con- like she won she won the women's title belt because James Ellsworth got her the money in the bank briefcase, like. She's not a believable character. And they, this is once again, WWE thinking like, oh, well, she's a name. People know her. We'll do some vignettes. We'll make her wear red leather and then we'll put a belt on her and everybody will love her. Like, no, motherfucker. That's not how this works. She still can't wrestle. Right. And like, she's athletic. Don't get me wrong. And like, I hate to say that, like, you, if you listen to us, you know that we don't knock these, these girls and guys because they are professionals. They got to this level for a reason obviously much further than any of us ever aspired to be, but it doesn't mean that they're comparative to their peers, that they're any, they're, that they're better. Cause she's not, she's not better than Sasha Banks. She's not, she's not better than Becky Lynch, Charlotte or Bailey shit. I wouldn't even say she's better than uh, Rhea Ripley, Dakota Kai, um, any of the Candice LeRae, you name an NXT women's wrestler at the moment. I don't think she's better than them. Right. And, and, and again, I'll, I'll go on, you know, has she improved? Absolutely. Significantly improved. But is she the person that you want buying for your, your top women's championship on SmackDown? No. no. Just like Lana shouldn't be anywhere near the Raw Women's Championship. Just like Nia Jax, the, the walking wrecking ball. Yeah. Shouldn't be anywhere near the Raw Women's Championship. Yeah. Shannon Baszler, I got no problems with. Yeah. I enjoyed her run in NXT. You know, um, she can go. The, the, but right her, now, she- her and Asuka should be feuding at the moment. And, like, we haven't really even touched on Asuka, but that's because Asuka literally has done nothing since she got her belt. 
And that's just WWE being WWE once again. Like, okay, we're going to put it on you because Becky's gone. When Becky comes back, you know Becky's coming for the belt, and she's going to come in hot. Or Charlotte, one of the two. But, um, both. Yeah. Dude, can you imagine that match? Triple threat? Charlotte? And that's that's fine with me. I'd enjoy that. Um, So, I'm not going to touch on the the women's tag belts because they're they're trash. the people wrestling with them, I, I don't have the highest opinion of. Uh, like you said, I don't mind Baszler, but Nia Jax. Uh, like I said, once again, we don't really harp or bang up wrestlers too much, but I, if there's, you know, my profession, we get scrutinized publicly all the time for decisions we make. Uh, if there's a wrestler I'd love to publicly scrutinize or seek scrutinize more often, it's probably her. Um, yeah. <laughs> AEW, um, so we'll jump right into AEW. Um, fallout from full gear, obviously, uh, Kenny Omega claimed the number one contendership at, uh, full gear. So they've been building him up. Um, I mean, they've been building him for a month now as a heel and, you know, obviously there's no fan reaction or crowd reaction, but his character and his persona has definitely floated back towards his cleaner gimmick that he had in new Japan. And he wants you know, he said, he's like, I want to be the wrestler. Everybody says I am. I'm, I'm going to show people that I'm the best in the world, that my face should be on the cover of the magazines on all the posters and promos and all the other stuff. I like this Kenny more than I like any other version of Kenny. This is the Kenny Omega that got me into new Japan. This is the Kenny Omega that got me into ring of honor and into bullet club and all the other stuff. You know, obviously I was interested when AJ Styles was over there and when Finn, you know, was, you know, doing his Prince Devitt thing. But Kenny was the one that got me, like, I subscribe, like, Kenny's the reason I'm subscribed to the New Japan Network, or their their world, or whatever, their streaming app. Like, this is the Kenny I've I've been most excited to see in America, and this is the Kenny, I think, that gets AEW over a hump, and can push AEW to the next level, because now they have a star, a, a not really a homegrown star, but a AEW star that's not a former WWE guy that's going to carry the flag for the company. Right. Um... Yeah, I mean, and, you know, it'll be good, you know, to, I I, I think you and I are both, uh, both of the opinion that, you know, he's going to win, you know, he's, he's going to, he's going to take the belt off of uh, Moxley and and I'm, I'm okay with that. Right. I think that, you know, he needs a reset, maybe some time away, um, which is, is perfectly fine. Um, You know, I, 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 I don't. It, his act has, you know, gotten stale. But uh, it's been what a year and a half. Yeah, running around and and I think, know, like, and I hate to say this, but I think I think the foreshadowing was in his whole deal with announcing that Renee's pregnant. Um, but obviously, I hope that doesn't take away from Kenny's win. People were like, oh, well, John had, you know, John was leaving because his wife's pregnant, kind of thing, whatever. Um, but. I'm excited for it. I thought the con like John getting attacked for the contract signing. I thought vice versa, him coming out and attacking Kenny. They've made it personal now. Um, yeah. And the fact that AEW is just not afraid to throw the world title match on a, on a free television show just goes to show they're, they're playing at a, at a different level, I think, than, than WWE is willing to do. Now, don't get me wrong. WWE just did it with Drew and Randy, but they did it because they had to work Drew Back into an back into the angle with Roman. Yeah. I mean, we, and and look, we we've been we've been conditioned to go championship match or big title, your 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 WWE championship or your Universal Championship 
matches don't happen on free TV. Yeah. yeah if you want to see them, you got to pay it. And like I said, so being conditioned in that, it's like when you do get a WWE championship match on TV, you're like, Oh, this is, this is so great. It's back in, but back in the attitude era, it was more frequent, but you still have pay-per-views and we were buying monthly pay-per-views. But how many, but how many world championship matches do you get or heavyweight championship matches do you get on free TV from WWE that end in bullshit? And then a disqualification or a count out or a run in or some shit, you know, and you're like, well, that should have been expected. That's why we got it on free TV. Um, But AEW doesn't do that. They'll change the title belts. They'll do their thing. Like the TNT title, like part of me liked it better at the beginning when Cody was defending it every week because he was putting, he was winning, putting himself over in return for putting others over as well by allowing them to have a solid 25 minute match on national television every week. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, so I'm excited. I'm excited for, uh, Wednesday. I think Wednesday is going to be a big, big day for, um, for AEW. I think, uh, you'll probably see some pretty good numbers, um, as far as viewership goes. Um, the tag titles, it looks like the FTR Young Bucks rivalry is going to continue. Um, the Young Bucks wrestled top flight, and I was very impressed with that match. Um, two young guys. I want to both. Part of me wants to say they're from North Carolina, but they might not be. They might be from somewhere else. Um, 19 and 21 years old. Uh, he's the 19-year-old the is the youngest person to compete for AEW. But I think if you put him on a WWE roster, he would probably be the youngest to ever compete on a WWE roster. Um, but he looked, he looked good. He looks the part. He doesn't, he doesn't look out of place. Um, and obviously they play up like, oh, they looked up to the Bucks and the Hardys and all these other tag teams, which is fine. And they, they run and gun like the Bucks and Hardys do, you know, they're, they're basically the spot guys, just like the rest of them, but it was a good match. Um, yeah, uh, here, here's what I'm trying to figure out. What are the young Bucks? Because all the way building up to this FTR, you know, up to their match with FTR, you know, they're super kicking everybody. They're yeah. doing so. All I, these I think. Things. I think then, when I think when Kenny finishes John off on Wednesday, I think that's when the full heel heat starts to pump for the elite. And I think you know we saw the Bucks coming out super kicking everybody. They're still being malicious in their matches. They're, yeah, they saved top flight afterwards, and you know they went after Jack and uh, Evans and Angelico afterwards when they came out and attacked them. When but they're still they're still showing that tenacity, that 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 edge in their matches that people are like, oh, that's not how the young bucks act. Like they're still doing that, but I think at some point they will have that moment of switch where they go full heel. Um, yeah. But um, but I, I, look, I'm I'm looking forward to another. FTR Bucks match yeah. it'll be good. Yeah. You know, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Uh, you know, it, for me though, it's if 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 you have the Bucks on top, okay. So where does that put the revival? You know, where who are they feuding with? Because oh, well, they're going to put the whole, whole goal in life is to be the best tag team. I'm trying to think of who they can feud with in the interim. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, if you wanted to take two competing styles like you're getting with the Bucks and FTR, put, just put them against the Lucha Brothers. Because it looked like they were going to break up the Lucha Bros for a, a, about a month and a half there, and then Pac 
came back or Pac came back and now Death Triangle was back together and the Lucha Brothers acting like nothing ever happened. So yeah, I'm like it that Pac coming back or Pac sorry keep on Pac uh, Pac coming back and reestablishing Death Triangle breathes new life into the Lucha Bros and allows them to chase tag team gold for a change and allows Pac to go to the moon and chase whatever individual or singles title he's interested in. Um, yeah, I mean, well, now that we we're talking about, you know, if if the Bucks take their uh, take their act and 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 go full blown heel, then you could have uh, Lucha Brothers going after the tag belts and Pac going after Kenny. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, I, I'm I'm interested in a Pac Kenny feud because I think they're another one that has a, either a one and one record against one another, or I think Pac might even have the upper hand. But that's one where like Kenny has Kenny can't play nice anymore when he wrestles Pac. He's got of he's got to take the the training wheels off, so to speak. Um. So yeah, I mean, I'm interested. I think FTR Lucha Bros in a in a true feud would be cool. Um, I think, you know, but I, I do think we get another pay-per-view out of FTR young bucks. Yeah. Um, which I'm okay with. Um, and then obviously they're, they're showcasing Angelico and, um, Jack Evans more, which I think that's a, they're, they're tremendously talented. They're great, like conniving heels. Like they, they work well together. Obviously they've been wrestling together forever. They're just not highlighted enough. Um, I hate to say this, but I think the best friends has probably reached their ceiling as a tag team. Like they're more of a comedy gimmicky act, which is sad because Jesus Christ, their match with pride and powerful in that parking lot brawl was probably one of the best matches of 2020, but you can't, you, they couldn't do anything. They couldn't capitalize off of that buzz and pride and powerful. Like they're like background noise for the inner circle, how they haven't gone after gold at this point. I don't understand. But I could see, honestly, moving from FTR, Pride and Powerful could be the next big feud for the Bucks because they obviously have the history there. Um, the TNT title um, and I guess the FTW title will will do those you know um, the same time. Yeah. I th- I think you know Taz coming out saying that they need to put respect on the FTW title was good. I like his promos with Cody because I think this is now going to put Cody in a match against like Brian Cage for the FTW title, which keeps Cody Cody technically in a title picture, but it's not like a title anybody really gives a shit about. Um, And then obviously Darby Allen. I don't mind Darby Allen and Ricky Starks can wrestle until you know the thumbtacks rip the skin again. I don't get that. They are great in the ring together, and I'm interested in that. Uh, I didn't think they needed Will Hobbs to turn heel, but uh, you mean powerhouse Hobbs? Yeah, you, we we sat we sat around and we thought about it, and that's what we came up with. Uh, at least that's what Tad said on commentary. Um, but yeah, so whatever. Um, I like Darby Allen. I miss seeing the TNT title defended on television, but I guess they're trying to turn him into an attraction, which is fine. Um, but we'll see. Um, we we touched on the women's division earlier. It's it's severely lacking still, but I still think Sheeta's great. But we also got to remember, like, Chris Statliner is out with an injury. Britt Baker has been out with injuries. Big Swole had only one title match, and then they quickly dropped her. So I think AEW just needs to stick to building characters, building things up. I like Anna Jay. 
Um, I thought, you know, throwing her um, Tay Conti, I don't think he's ready for top level in ring action, but I thought she's, I still think she's a, an attraction. I think she's obviously a very attractive young lady, but I th- also think she's very athletic. Um, yeah. I th- they need to take advantage of her and Anna Jay as much as possible moving forward. They need to move away from Nyla Jax or not, sorry, not no, Nyla Rose. Yeah. Um, One in the same. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, 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 and it's nothing against, I just, she's, she's not compelling in the ring. She's just not. Um, no. You got Abaddon coming out, and yeah. And you know what? Honestly, abandon. Are they calling her Abaddon or abandon? Abaddon. Well, it depends on which announcer you're listening to. Jay Ross calls her something completely different, probably. Um, uh, Ab- Abaddon is an actual like play off of a off of like an actual yeah demon creatures. Anyway, uh, her coming out and kind of laying claim, and honestly. If if someone's gonna beat Sheeta, let it be her, and then have the chase because I that's yeah that's kind of part of the fun and wrestling is is the chase right the yeah. the good eventually triumphing over triumph yeah so right. um be going over and beating the bad guy yeah so we um yeah so then that that is that all that's all the titles yeah. um some of the sidebar stuff AEW's throwing at you Eddie Kingston and and Pac at the moment. Um, I think that's interesting. Um, pitting the, the I, he's calling them. I think he's calling themselves the family or some shit. Um, Eddie Kingston, and then um, obviously Death Triangle. Pac is red hot. I mean, he he he's. But the, this is the thing. He comes out like lightning in a bottle because he always has such long delays between action. It seems, and then you know we end up losing him for a couple more months. So we'll see. We'll see if this run is complete. Um, in, in sense of like he's here and he's here to stay. I'm excited for that. Um, obviously, we're still flirting around with Chris Jericho and MJF and all this inner circle nonsense. Um, I thought the vignettes and all the video packages that they've done for that have been pretty pretty entertaining for the most part. Um, but it's it's kind of like the campy shit that like Chris shits on WWE for all the time doing like in now he's doing it um and i don't know if it's i don't know if it's him doing it to like poke fun at wwe or if it's him doing it thinking it's really going to get this whole thing over with mjf well that but see that's the thing is they love to take shots at wwe right like you know tag did it during his promo with cody yeah you have these vignettes and then you have you know miro you know who you know was constantly going and saying, you know, all the stupid crap that they put me in, but look at where he's at now. Yeah. So, but, it, um, yeah. And then you, you brought up Miro and Kip Sabian, that whole storyline. I don't know where that's, what that's payoff's going to be, but I can tell you this watching Miro fucking hurdle that top rope a week ago and clothesline the shit out of whoever Kip Sabian was wrestling. I was like, Holy fuck. That was impressive. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so AEW as a whole, I think they're building well. I think going into 2021, Tony Khan even came out and said like they have superstars that they have been in contact with, people that they want to you know sign and talk to in 2021. So like obviously the AEW train still rolling and um, still rolling full speed, so to speak, into um, the new year. Um, AEW build for war games. Um, I'm calling, like I said last issue, I'm calling them the brand. 
Um, you guys can call them whatever the hell you want to call them, but the Pat McAfee-led team going into War Games versus um, Undisputed Era. I'm looking forward to this a lot. Like I'm, su- I'm like actually super excited to watch this War Games match because there's a lot of bad blood in it between everybody involved. Everybody's got a reason to not like the other person on the other team, um, which is nice. Um, and then obviously we, I think we find out who Finn faces this week, correct? Uh, yeah, I'm, I, uh, I think that they're going to do that, which is fine. I'm just curious as to who. Yeah. Um, so, um, I'm, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to do like the, the injury timeline math in my head. I'm like, can cross come back already? Yeah. I don't, I don't know how long that, that injury would and, keep him out. And then you get, obviously you get Leon Ruff, Damian priest, Johnny Gargano in a triple threat match, which I think Gargano is eventually going to win. But yeah, my thing is, is Leon Ruff being booked to this point goes to show you that I think he's here to stay. Like, I don't think the kid's going anywhere. Obviously they signed him from evolve when they purchased evolve. And he was definitely a guy that I thought like, oh, he's going to win this belt and then drop it next week. Like it's a fluke thing just to, you know, further the storyline between Damian. But like, no, they're booking him well. And he looks like, like the whole thing with Kevin Owens was very like, kind of like genuine and then like very ingenuine with Kevin. Like the way he was like, Hey man, like you got to stop acting like you're a fan. Like you're here now, you're a champion. You need to act like, you know what I mean? Like it was like trying to take that kid, like that guy's joy away from his moment, which was, which was cool. And like Kevin Owens played his role. Well, like the fucking chairs thing was hysterical. Mm-hmm. Hey, you want, you want a chair? No, I don't want a chair. And he third. He's like, and he gets another, where did you get another chair from? And then he's like, do you want a chair? No, nah, I'm good. I'll stand. He's like, why did I bring all these chairs? Like, <laughs> it was great. That's just, if you give Kevin Owens a microphone and time, you will be entertained. Yeah, even when he's like, okay, so you know you shouldn't say that because you know, three, two, one, and then we just sat there for like an extra 30 seconds. She's like, all right, well, my timing was a little off, but you get my you get my point. Um, but, yeah, so that was. If you say someone's name, they're going to come out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, like I said, I, I was really interested. Uh, I, I'm interested in that match because if, if they put Leon Ruff over at, at War Games, then clearly they have big plans for this kid. Um, then the tag titles obviously aren't going to be defended because they're going to be inside the war games match. Um, but I, I, I still like Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan. These that's the most interesting these two have ever been in, um, as, as a tag team. Um, then you get the women's title scene, which is kind of like murky. I don't, I think, I honestly think Ira Shirai is going to end up in a war games match. Yeah, that's what I think too. Because she got jumped by people, you know, she got jumped too. So I can tell you this: I did, which is which is weird to go. She'll be on Shotzi Blackheart's team because that's not how it should be. She's the women's champion; it yeah. should be her. Team. Yeah, but I was very surprised at the Tony Storm t- turn. That yeah. caught me. That caught me. That's the first thing NXT's done in a while. That is, I mean, other than. Um, other than the uh, the Pat McAfee swerve, I didn't expect him to be the the guy with Oni Lorcan in them. Um, but the that, that was the first time they've got me in a little while. I was like, damn, I didn't see that coming. Um, but yeah, so um, I'm excited for that match too. I think the women involved are all extre- extremely talented. Yeah. I like the Shotzi versus Candice LeRae story. Like this is what 
This is what Survivor Series should have been doing. It's furthering a feud between two people by interjecting all the talent around them and making them run the gauntlet against one another. And I'm all for Rhea, Rhea Ripley is just an unbelievable athlete. Like watching her like that. I'm very surprised. I would be very surprised if she's not on the main roster come Royal Rumble. Honestly, if you wanted to pick a person to win the women's Royal Rumble to interject new life into the women's division, Rhea Ripley would be it, in my opinion. She's the most convincing NXT to the main roster move they could make where you're like, okay, she instantly is a star just by by letting her win the Rumble and, and chase whoever she wants to chase moving into WrestleMania. Because she already wrestled on WrestleMania this past year. Right. Um, so, yeah, so... Uh, Build the war game so far, pretty good. We get obviously Wednesday, we get more build. Um, and then when is war games Sunday, Saturday, the December 6th, December 6th. So a couple, a couple weeks from now. No, no, this weekend. (laughs) Sorry. It's it's December like tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. Um, so yeah, so we're looking at, we're looking at Sunday. Um, so yeah, so looking forward to that on Sunday. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I think in all honesty, if, 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 if we're being honest with things, I think that these guys and gals, you know, in NXT are doing a a great job, much better than the main roster, in my opinion, of keeping the eyes, keeping the attention of the, the viewer. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for war games. Um, so we'll little 10 minute discussion we're going to dive into, um, for the last little bit here. Um, just, there's a vet and, and I brought this up to Charlie before we started and I wanted to, to, to end with this. There is a vacuum right now on the main roster for WWE of space where you have your top tier guys. And I think it's more evident in that it's more apparent now than it ever has been after survivor series because drew and Roman faced each other. And that was a big match feel. That was a big match feel yeah. that WWE hasn't had in a very long time. But now we're back to our weekly scheduled programming, and you're like, who is going to wrestle Roman? Who is going to wrestle Drew? And we are going to buy into it. Because there isn't anybody. Like, AJ Styles, like, maybe, maybe, um, but, 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 he's, uh, but he's playing this weird, like, like Weasley, like he's not even like Weasley because he's not using this gigantic bodyguard to his his benefit. He's just standing behind AJ when he does promos like a weirdo. And then you know you go to SmackDown, and I couldn't, you couldn't tell me a person that you were like, yeah, you know what? He could beat Roman. He could really, he could really take the belt off him. There's not a person. No, uh, I mean, eventually, you know, I think they're gonna try to use Big E. You know, I, I, he's going to have filler feuds with Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan. Um, but, you know, I don't see either of them beating him for the belt. I don't mind Kevin Owens because I think Kevin on the mic versus Paul Heyman on the mic for a mu- about a month would be entertaining. But like you said, I don't believe he's going to take the belt. But this is my thing, though. WWE is not doing a good job maintaining star status for star wrestlers because you know who's on SmackDown that should be challenging Roman for his title right now. And it's Seth Rollins. Yep. Like that, but, but he, but he's been buried since April. This shit has been going on since April with Ray Mysterio. 
There is no reason for that feud to have lasted this long. Nope. Because nobody got over out of it. Buddy Murphy's not over. Dominic's not over. Ray's not over. Seth is below the status he was at WrestleMania. Like, yeah. Like, we, we, they didn't maintain that star. The same can be said with Bray Wyatt and the Fiend character. They put the belt on him. They dropped the belt off him, put a belt on him, dropped it off of him, made him feud here with Strowman and do all this other bullshit. But they never maintained the star. They never maintained it. So now he's got to beat Randy Orton to get back into that level of, of status that he's worthy to even step in the ring with Drew. No stars are being maintained. You've built them, WWE. I will give you the credit of building a Bray Wyatt and Fiend, a Seth Rollins, you know, a Kevin Owens. Braun Strowman is a perfect yeah. example. Another guy who it's like, okay, you built him up, you built him up, and then it's it's just they waited too long to pull the trigger, and then yeah. when they finally did, it was like, okay. But you also got to remember, he he got his title reign because Roman Reigns got uh-huh. sick. Or Roman Reigns yeah. didn't want to get sick and didn't want to go to WrestleMania, didn't want to show up to WrestleMania. So they're like, "Oh, Strowman, we'll put you in the match." Oh, well, you're gonna you're gonna beat Bill in 45 seconds because neither of you can go past a minute. And you're like, it, it's just one of those things that you're like, you've you've done a good job of getting them to the show WWE, but once they're on the show, you only focus your spotlight on two guys at a time, and everybody else around it just kind of waits their turn until the spotlight fades from that dude and falls onto them, and like. Like it's that it's like the the, pinna, the pinnacle of brass rings and breaking the glass ceiling and all this other stuff. Like Drew broke the glass ceiling. I think Roman finally broke through, and he's into another upper echelon now. But I think Drew's in the same category, in my opinion. After watching him for months now, watching him build from the the Rumble to a shit WrestleMania where he couldn't control anything because obviously the virus to everything he's done since like those are the only two guys that I'm like damn dude like you're the only two that have any sort of drawing power at the moment well and you need to so yeah you need your main title picture to to be good you need your secondary title picture to be just as good because those are the guys you're grooming to go okay now let's move them from here up to the main but, title. But why is it? And, and they should be legitimate contenders for the championship. But why isn't a guy like John Morrison? Obviously, Miz's sights are set on a world title. Why isn't John Morrison going after the IC belt? Or, I mean, better yet, he's on Raw now. Why isn't he going after the the United States title? Why isn't, you know, why why was Daniel Bryan a, a, a setup match for Sami Zayn Friday night? Why didn't Daniel Bryan get a clean victory and start that feud? Like, if at the very least, Sami Zayn can go over, but at the same time, like, let him go over legitimately. Like, let him beat Daniel Bryan one, two, three shoulders on the mat, and then you can continue his his heel reign. But my thing is, is they're just not maintaining stars. Like they're like this whole hurt business thing. I think Cedric Alexander benefits the most because he's the youngest out of all of them. But if you don't put a belt on him after a decent build, of course, because that's something we talked about, because you don't need the belt to be a superstar. But if you don't, if he doesn't get like a, a, a benefit of being in this faction, then why did you put him in it to begin with? It doesn't make any sense. So my thing is, is I, it's a problem I'm having right now with WWE main roster shows is I'm just uninterested because there's just not names. And like, I hate to say this, but like, 
losing a Moxley hurts or losing a Ambrose hurts you at this point because John, you know, John would have probably been a top level guy at this point still. And he could have feuded as a face against a Roman or a heel against a Drew, like, but he's not there. You know, you don't have Brock in the picture anymore to come and save your ratings or save your ass. When you need a good bad guy, he's just, he, he's not, apparently he's not wrestling right now. Like, you know, and I hate to say it, but like, you know, obviously we didn't really touch on it much, but the Undertaker's tribute, like the dead man's gong isn't sounding anymore to save you, WWE. Like you have to start figuring this out of like, how do we get these guys that are red hot at moments to maintain a level, a degree of heat, so to speak, over a long period of time? Because they're not doing it well. Or, or if you're going to call people up. Well, you know, like, and that's what I was going to get into next. Like, yeah, if you call people up, like, you know, you've got to, you've got to utilize them. You've got to capitalize on what yes. brought, what, like what brought them to the show. Like, or why so are if we going to bring, if you're going to bring an undisputed era up. You need to strap a freaking rocket to all of them. Yeah. And say, here you go. You guys are instantly inserted into the into the picture but how about but how about but how about this how about instead of bringing up people nobody no offense because i know a lot of people like keith lee and a lot of people like matt riddle how about you stop bringing up motherfuckers who don't have star appeal like you have superstars on nxt fucking pete dunn was sitting around doing nothing before this this angle with ue like he's a guy that could have came up and interjected into your your mid card, not world title, mid card title picture. Him, him versus Sami Zayn would be a very interesting matchup. Yeah, the, you the, have the you you, you would be, yeah. be, they they conflict with one another, but they're the, it would be a good yes story to tell. But but you you t- mean to tell me that before all of this, before all these pull ups they did recently, Riddle. Dajakovic, all these other dudes, you know, Lee, Adam Cole's name doesn't even get brought up. Like he's the hottest superstar in NXT. He's won more Ross main roster matches on television than anybody that's on the NXT brand. But we're going to act like he's not like he's not the, 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 the most viable candidate to come up and just absolutely sh- shock the system so to speak back to life could you imagine adam cole versus roman reigns right now or adam cole versus drew mcintyre right now they'd be i mean that that's already built like even though you we are faces right now you already have a built-in story there yeah with drew being champion yeah like because the last time drew was champion he he caught a panama's sunrise to, to the dome at nxt yeah but, so it's like but it's one of those you things like I don't care who who you know how you do it, but you know there are, yes there are legitimate stars down in NXT. Well, and that's why I I didn't talk on NXT because NXT you could get you could say okay well, who 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 could wrestle Finn next? Oh, well, Adam Cole, uh, fucking Roderick Strong, mm-hmm. you know, Collar, Justin UE, three of the four. You're like oh they're all main event guys that could could potentially be world champion for NXT. Um, you got, you know, like you said, carrying cross obviously he's hurt, but he, he's one, you, you know, Timothy Thatcher, in my opinion, Dexter Loomis, uh, uh, Damian priest, Johnny Gargano, Tomasa Ciampa, Velveteen dream. 
Shit. At this point, you're doing nothing with Ciampa and Dream. Pull him up. Put Ciampa on Raw and let him wrestle Drew. Pull up Velveteen Dream and let him wrestle. Could you imagine Velveteen Dream versus Roman Reigns? How fucking wild that match would be. But that's my point. You have all. Dream would would be a sacrificial lamb. And that's fine. And that's fine because Dream's character could survive. The mystique, the, 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 but then it's the chase. Like you said, you bring them up, you build them up, you put them in the match and Roman does his head of the table gimmick and fucking ends it quick. But at the end of the day, dream was in the spotlight and guess what? He might go to the mid card and now he's chasing that title run again. He had, he had the, 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 he, you know, he shot out of the, the starting line like a rocket and had to come back down to earth a little bit and had to find some humility and then go back up for that title shot again. But that's my point. Like NXT was supposed to be to establish stars, bring in independent guys or outside guys and teach them the WWE way and then push them up to the main roster. Well, now you have NXT on this Wednesday night spot that it's competing with another company and you can't pull your stars or your, your, your ready level guys up to the main roster. And your main roster is suffering because guys are just leaving that's the problem people don't see in all of this and in, in, in the AEW, you know, era of wrestling, so to speak, because that's what I'm calling this era of wrestling. It's the AEW era, because if not for AEW, all these big name guys would be going to WWE, but they're not. And the game in the, in the mid-level guys who should be big name guys, Rusev, Brody Lee, um, Cody Rhodes, fucking Cody Rhodes. Could you imagine Cody Rhodes right now in WWE? Doing what he's doing in AEW. He'd be a fucking... People would be saying he's a Hall of Famer, legend, all this other shit. But they hate on him because he went out and did his own thing because WWE wasn't allowing him to do his own thing. And he's proven, like, you guys fucking wasted this opportunity. And it was in front of you. And I was, fr- and he was friendly with them. He, get, he got along with Hunter and, and Vince and all them when he was there. Like, he had a good relationship with them. It wasn't until he left and they started playing the stupid fucking games with going, I'm sorry, you can't use your name. Like, that's when shit went sour. Like, what are you, you going to say to that? Like, that's your fucking dad's namesake. That's your namesake. Like, of course he's going to be upset. But my point is, is those mid-level guys are now leaving and becoming stars elsewhere. And you're like, well, WWE, they were in your fucking system. They were there. You just ignored them. And this is what happens. And that's what's happening now. We're seeing we're seeing the results of that. We're seeing a gutted, like like I said, upper echelon, which is to me right now is literally just Roman and Drew. There's not another name. And then you have Randy, you have Seth, you have the Fiend, you have Strowman, like that level. But those guys aren't. They're nowhere near what Roman and Drew are doing right now. And they're not convincing enough that they're going to take them. Randy was. I might even put Rand, Randy's in like his own category. Because Randy could go across the street and feud on SmackDown with Roman, in my opinion, and it would be an interesting feud. Yeah. Um, but I think I think I'll I'll digress on that though. I, I do like I said, I I I think that's the I mean, I, I think that's a big issue I'm seeing recently, and I'd love to get into us a little bit more if we can on another issue. But, you know, I, I, I just think WWE has a there, – there's a, a weird vacuum of space right now between the top tier and that next level, and it's, show, it's starting to show. They haven't built anybody up to convince us that, yeah, there's another contender coming. And I get it. They did it with Drew, and it takes time. It took Drew about a year, his Rumble win, 
And then, you know, really a long 2020, in my opinion, for him. Like, his feuds with Randy was drawn out to the point that, like, when he finally won the belt back, it felt bigger. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, I mean, WWE is WWE. They do this shit all the time and usually rebound. So hopefully they figure this out soon and, you know, start pulling people up and giving people a spotlight that ultimately have proven to deserve it, Um. in my opinion. Um, but I think that wraps it up. Um, I did watch a little bit of MLW. They did a hard restart, um, two weeks ago uh, on YouTube. So I, mm-hmm. I know, I know we didn't really talk about watching or anything. So if you get an opportunity, obviously we watch a ton of wrestling to begin with, but they have a pretty talented young roster, um, world, world champion, um, Jacob Fatu falls into the line, the lineage of the reigns, Uso rock family. Uh, I believe don't, don't quote me on that, but, um, yeah, he, uh, then you got, um, Alex Hammerstone, who I think is, I've actually seen a bunch of his independent stuff prior to MLW. Um, Brian Pillman Jr. is on the roster. Um, Tom Lawler is like a more serious, believable Matt Riddle, I guess you could say. Like he doesn't like, he's not like, Oh bro, what's up? Like, Oh, you look like, you know, fish sticks, whatever the fuck. Riddle says every week when he comes out half stoned. Um, <laughs> the Von Eric brothers are the tag title tag team champions. Um, LA Park, the second one, is involved, and he's got like I guess his whole family, his sons, everything involved. Uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr. is um, involved as well. Him and Brian Pillman Jr. do the Heart Foundation for them, which is weird because I don't know how they do that. Um, it, but it is what it is. I guess it, it it's something that they own. But yeah, I watched the first two episodes of the Hard Restart. It's a definitely, it's got very ECW vibes. Not in the sense that they're like fucking beating the shit out of each other with light tubes, but like just like the production value of it. It's very, it's like grittier, but it's the commentating's great. the The presentation is cool. They have like both fighters' names up at the top. Uh, wrestlers names and it has like their trunk colors and then has like a timer in the middle so it shows you how long the match has been going on um it's it's very it's a different vibe it was actually pretty cool um i enjoyed it the promos were hit or miss but they were they were pretty pretty good obviously they they do curse and do all it's definitely not pg era which is obviously another difference between that and wwe but i really enjoyed it so if you haven't i mean obviously i know charlie like i said we didn't really talk about it but if you have an opportunity, definitely check it out. Um, and, you know, obviously you only are technically, I think, only two, maybe three episodes behind uh, on that. But um, that pretty much wraps up my news for the wrestling world. Um, like I said, we didn't really touch on Undertaker's farewell. Um, it is what it was until yeah. until I never... What, 30-minute uh, w- 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 going away ceremony that was consumed by 15 entrances? And yeah. Well, 15 if you count the takers and... About 25 of those minutes was the entrances. Then you had the video and then his like 30 second promo. And then we were done. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'll, we'll we'll revisit this, uh, come April and see how done he actually was. Um, (laughs) but, uh, yeah. So this was issue 26 of the D dad's got issues podcast. Uh, this is our inside the ropes edition. So if you've listened to this point and haven't figured that out, uh, 
God help you. Um, but uh, we will be getting back into the full swing of things this week. Uh, we are actually starting to kind of con- concrete our schedule down and how we want to do things. So hopefully we can start pushing things out weekly. I know I've been saying that a lot in the last couple of issues, um, but we are we are starting to figure it out. Um, yeah, if, if life cooperates. Yes, <laughs> yes. Slowly but surely getting there. Yeah, so we will... Um, we will do it that, you know, we'll try and start doing it that way. Um, we will be back on Wednesday for issue number 27 for Hot Off the Press. Uh, a lot of comic book stuff, a lot of good stuff the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm hoping Charlie gets to something is killing the children. I actually finished um, volume two last night and issues 11 and 12. Um, it's still just as fucking good. I can't wait for this to be a comic TV show. It's going to be so good. Um but uh, yeah, we'll dive into comics on Wednesday, and then we'll be back on Friday for issue 20, uh, 28. Our, our numbering's off because we're missing issue 28 for um, Around the Multiverse, which we will we'll have a lot of Mandalorian to talk about. I know that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so that pretty much wraps up everything for me. Um, if you guys aren't following us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, at DGI Podcast. Uh, we took a little week lull, enjoyed the holidays with our families, but uh, I'll be back to posting full swing this week uh, with a lot of different you know, media news, comic news, and things like that. Um, but yeah, if you're not following us, give us a follow. If you listen to the show, give us suggestions on things we should be reading, watching, or uh, following as, as far as the wrestling community goes, toys and comics. Um, anything else on your end, Charlie? Uh, nope. I, I think we got it all. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll get back to comics on, uh, on Wednesday. So. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, That's all I can. send us home. All right, man. Hit our music. <laughs> <laughs>